as the earth was formless, void and empty, and darkness covered the earth. The same as a life without God. A life without God is formless, empty, unfulfilled and meaningless. It lacks purpose, it's vacant, it's lonely. It fills holly, hollow with great emptiness. There is much and great potential, but it lays dormant. As the Spirit of God hovered, he fluttered its, the Spirit fluttered its wings and waved and flapped, creating movement on the earth. So the Spirit of God is moving on hearts today. He's creating movement to bring a big change. A big change is about to happen. A new life is about to begin. We're going to reach our full potential in the Lord. Then God said, let there be light. And his light filled the earth. His light broke through my darkness. Because of God's great tender mercy, the Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 78 and 79, that the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. The sunrise is here. There's light ready to be given to those who sit in darkness, those who are living in spiritual darkness, in the shadow of death, of spiritual and moral depravity. God is here to guide us today to a path of peace. As the lights came up, come up this morning, I thank the Lord for the Spotlight Theater and how they hit it head on with that song they sang. Because there's so many people that sit in dark days at this Christmas time. You know, December 21st is what we call the winter solstice. It's the longest night of the year and it's the shortest of daylight time in a year. Here's an interesting fact. When we're in the darkest part of the year, Christmas pierces through our darkness bringing that Christmas light. How many remember when God pierced through the darkness that you set in? How many remember that place where God's light and Christ came into your light, life giving you purpose and meaning? The Bible says those who sit in darkness, it talks about, there's four things I want to talk about, that there's four dark days, and the first one is a dark days of disappointment. Dark days of disappointment. What I say to dark days of disappointment, get ready to meet the light, for the light is greater. Job said, I hope for, I hope for happiness and light, but trouble and darkness seem to come instead. How many can relate with that, where you're hoping for something, but something else comes instead? The Bible even talks about how hope deferred makes the heart grow sick, where you feel nausea and you feel sick inside because you're waiting for something that seems like it's not there. The Bible says that he encourages us when we're disappointed. Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to those who are discouraged. He saves those who lose hope. Don't look back 
As we go forward and we find hope, we can't look back. Paul said, you know, when we look back is when we get disappointed because we all make decisions and mistakes and things that we wish we could change. But Paul said this. He said, this one thing that I do do is I forget what's behind me and I do my best to reach ahead. So those who sit in darkness meet the light. Those who sit in darkness of disappointment Meet the light of Jesus today. The second one is those who sit in the dark days of distress. How many have ever had a stressful day, a stressful week, a stressful month, a stressful year, you might say? David experienced that, and he said, man, in that time I cried out desperately for help, but no one came. Man, I, I, I was needing someone to be there, but no one came. In fact, last week I had one day where... where how many, how many say someday when you're given, you're given, you're given, there's just maybe a particular day where you'd like to receive? Amen. You'd like to receive, especially moms who's given and given and given to the children. You just got one day, you just kind of would like to have something back, but sometimes that doesn't come. Have you ever felt that way? Help me, somebody. Help me, somebody. I'm overloaded. I've got too much to do, man. I am stressed out. I'm at my limit. Well, there's hope today. Dark days of distress. When you're stretched to the limit, the scripture says that we can meet the light. If you look at the scripture in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 in the Amplified, it says this. He strengthens me when I'm distressed. He strengthens me when I'm stressed out. The Bible says this. I have the strength for all things. Everybody say all things. Not just some things. I have the strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I love this. I'm ready for anything. I want you to bump your neighbor. Maybe give him a fist bump and say, I'm ready for everything. Come on, hit your neighbor. I'm ready for anything. I'm ready for everything. Equal to nothing. Now yell out, through Christ. Through Christ. He does this. He infuses an inner strength. It's not something that we possess. It's not something that we have to conjure up, that we have to do, but he infuses us with inner strength into us. That teaches me I'm competent, I'm capable, I'm ready for anything, equal to anything through Christ. The third one is those who who sit in dark days of doubt, dark days of doubt. Well, today we can meet the light, we can meet the light. The Bible says the one who walks in the dark does not know where he's going. He will guide me when I'm doubtful. You know, doubt causes anxiety. And anxiety is when we do this. Anxiety is when we focus on the future or our potential future. When we start focusing on something that hasn't happened yet or something that we're wanting to happen that has not come or may not even occur. You know, sometimes doubt can just cause you to be anxious. Maybe you had a failure, you did something wrong, and you're focusing that there's a potential something that's going to happen that's going to mess your whole life up, and it causes anxiety. When we face doubts, there is a reliable source that always can give us the right advice and can never steer us in the wrong direction. Is there a place where we can come in this world where we can always get the advice that we need that's right on and it hits the target or the mark? Everybody hold up your Bible. That's where it's at. The Bible. It's the Word of God. The Word of God. Brothers and sisters, the Word of God will never steer you wrong. 
Has anybody in here ever been steered wrong by the word of, uh, of God? It, it won't steer you in the wrong way. The Bible says in Psalms 119, 105, it says, Your words are a flashlight to, light, to my light path that's ahead of me, and it keeps me from stumbling. It's the only reliable guide for life. It's a flashlight. It illuminates. It keeps us from stumbling. I love the way the Message Bible says this. The Message Bible says it like this. It says, by your words, I can see where I'm going. Anybody ever lost sight where you don't know where I'm going? Where am I going in this marriage? Where am I going in this business? Where am I going in this relationship? Where am I going with this problem that has to be solved? By your words, I can see where I'm going. Man, your word, it throws a beam of light on my dark path. I like how the psalmist says this. He says, I'm committed myself, and I'll not turn back from the power of your righteous word. How many say that we need to be committed to the word? That when the word says something, that we need to hold on to the word and don't let go and be committed to it. How many know that heaven and earth shall pass away? But my word never will. How many believe that you can stand on it? You can count on it? You can believe on the word of the Lord. We can be committed to it. The fourth thing is those who sit in dark days of depression. To me, anxiety comes when you're looking forward. Where you're, you're, you're looking at things that, that, that haven't happened and may not even occur. But you've got yourself all worked up in a frenzy to things that may not even happen. How many of us do that? Where you get worked up in a frenzy, and then it doesn't even happen. And you just, you're like, man, I wasted all that time worrying about it, busting a gut, not sleeping at night, and it didn't even happen. To me, that's the anxiety side of things. But depression, to me, anxiety happens when you're looking forward. But here's depression is when you're looking backward. Depression, meet the light. That's when everything, depression's when everything seems to cave in. It's when you're depressed and you, and you feel like, what's the use? It's not going to change. I've tried everything. I feel like giving up. I've even heard people say, I've tried church. I've tried Jesus. And I'm just going to give up on that. How many know that it's not that we can't give up on that because it will come through? It will see, through, see you through to the end. You know, when World War II began uh, in Europe, Winston Churchill said this. He said, the light has gone out in Europe. Seems like there's no hope. You may feel that way about your life, that the light has gone out in your city, that the light has gone out in your country. And you may feel like, um, what is the use of even going on? But Lamentations chapter 3, verse 19 and 20, I love Lamentations 3. Lamentations 3 talks about uh, a guy that put his hand to try to do everything to correct some things and to make some things right. He even said, man, I try to eat the word, and the word seems like there's rocks in it, and it breaks my teeth. And then he says, it, it seems like that, that there's a hunt, and I'm the, the target of the arrow. I mean, it, it just tells all kinds of stuff. And, and, and then that's where we get that famous song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Is, is, is the, lament, the, guy, the Solomon that wrote Lamentations finally gets down and he says, Great is the faithfulness of the Lord, for his compassions are new for me every day. But in that portion of scripture, in Lamentations 3, 19 and 20, it says, The thought of my, my pain, it's bitter poison. I think about it constantly. 
How many have ever went through something? You just can't get it off your mind. You think about it constantly. It's, it's like poison to your spirit. It makes you lethargic and cold and indifferent. It's constantly there. It, 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 it never stops. It's just right there. And it causes our spirit to be depressed. You know, many of us have faced many crises this past year. And it's left maybe a depression in your spirit. Maybe you went through a divorce. Maybe you went through the loss of your home. Or the loss, maybe it's not been a good business year. Maybe there's been a death of a loved one. Even though they're with the Lord, how many know it's nice to be able to put your arms around them and hug them? Even when you know they're with the Lord, but it's still nice to be able to do that. Maybe there's a way that you feel like you failed or you were defeated. Maybe there's something that you're doing secretly that nobody even knows about, about it and it's causing death and it's causing problems in your life. Maybe you got laid off. Maybe you've been told that you have a, a major illness. Depression just keeps you. It keeps you from your future because you're always thinking of what's behind you. Depression makes you focus. Depression makes you focus on the past, a past situation or a mistake that you've not accepted yet, and it keeps you from moving forward. I want to say that again. I feel like the Lord gave me that a few months ago. Depression makes you focus on your past, a past situation or a mistake. And listen to this. You haven't accepted it yet. Because you haven't accepted it, you can't bury it and you can't move forward. To where you have that present life in condemnation. To where you walk in guilt and fear and shame. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 2, it says, For when, for then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that worshipers once purged should have no more consciousness of sin. Here's the neat thing about God. God not only forgives, but he forgets. The Bible even says it several times in Hebrews where it says, hey, it says the Spirit of God is a witness to this. You know, we talk about the Holy Spirit empowering us to be a witness. The Bible says this to us. It says the Holy Spirit is a witness to me, to me. And he's written his word on my heart. And then it says this, and he says, the Holy Spirit is there to tell me that my sins and iniquities, that God remembers them no more. He don't remember them anymore. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions. I like that scripture, worshipers once purged. Worshipers once purged. Um, that, that's talking about a purging means you get rid of it. it it's a cathartic release it could come in an emotional release. It could, be, it could come in a way where you've been holding something for, for months and years that all of a sudden you have this, this time where you've been sitting in darkness with this depression. It could be today. But you meet the light and something happens to where all that guilt and condemnation and fear, it's just released from you. To where you feel like you even have a joy. You know, I remember one time... Um, I became a senior pastor. I was a senior pastor about two months at 19 years old. And this was about when I was 20. But I was working in my shop one day. And the Holy Spirit kept telling me, he said, Brian, I want you to get in your pickup. And I want you to go to Thus and So's house. And I was like, I don't know where that voice is coming from. I don't know 
what I'm to do with that. But I kept working in my shop, and it came again. Brian, I want you to get in your pickup and go and talk to this person. And I was like, well, that's twice. It's got to be me. This has got to be me. And then I heard it the third time. He said, Brian, I want you to get in your pickup, and I want you to go to this house. I need you to do something for me. And I remember getting in my pickup, and I thought, I finally convinced myself to go because of this. I was like, I'll just go, and I'll act like I'm visiting if nothing's happening. So, because uh, they were members of our church. And so I got in my pickup, and I started to go. And the Holy Spirit filled the cab of that truck, and he let me know that I was walking into something that was very bad. Very, very, very bad. And so when I, when I got over there, I didn't know what it was. But when I got over there, I was sweating and nervous. And I mean, I used to get scared going to hospitals and stuff because I, I didn't ever feel like I was trained for that stuff. God just kind of threw me into ministry. And, and now I'm going into a situation. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I, I didn't know a whole lot of scriptures and, and this, that, and the other. But I remember going up and I started to knock on the door and the man was sitting at the door. Wait. No. There was nobody at the door. Wasn't planning on telling this. There was nobody at the door. But, and I knocked and rang the doorbell and I heard somebody say, come on in. And I just stepped in the door. And the minute I stepped in the door, the Lord spoke to me and said that there had been infidelity in this home. And it just came out. I, I spoke it. I, I heard it. And I saw the man leaning against the wall in the corner. He was standing up with his arms like this. And then his wife was just sitting. Still gets me. She was just sitting at the table with her head down. And I said, you know, the Lord, I was working in my shed. And the Lord loves you so much that he sent me. He sent me to come and, to, and, and to, to help pray with you and to help you guys get through this. I know that there's been infidelity in this home. And the Lord sent me to heal your marriage and everything's going to be all right. Brothers and sisters, we took that man and that woman. We brought him over. And we went through a process and talked about what happened. And there's hours of crying and hours of tears and, and, and stuff going on and then finally um, we prayed and when we prayed and we asked that man asked the Lord to forgive him the spirit came into that house and just there was a forgiveness and a restoration and something supernatural happened to where she had taken off her ring and right there, I pulled out the Bible and we redid marriage vows. And with this ring, the ID wed, every bit of it. We remarried them right there. And then all of a sudden, this guy jumps up and he starts saying, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And he was <clears throat> excited and stuff. But I remember then he, he just stopped. And then he went and he sat down and I said, what's, what's the matter? And he said, how can I... How can I be happy thinking what I just did? Guys, that's what depression does. Depression tries to make you pay for it. Depression tries to make you 
feel the guilt and the shame. After you've been forgiven, after you've been cleansed, after you've made things right with the person, they, they, the wife accepted that forgiveness. And, and there was true remorse and there was true forgiveness. And that's what that purge means, that the Lord can literally get rid of an evil conscience, can get rid of that conscience, that ever-abiding voice that always tells you, what a rotten person you are and how many mistakes you did. God can not only forgive you, he can get rid of that, those, that voice and that, that constant attack against you, you might say. That's what it means. Worshippers once purged, they don't have any more consciousness of sin. And I remember showing that individual um, where David said, Psalms 51, creating me a clean heart. How many know that scripture? If you read down a little bit further, it says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Depression's when you're looking back. Many of you had dark days of depression, but your depression can meet the light. And you can leave today with the restoration of the joy of the Holy Spirit in your life. Those who sit in dark days of depression, meet the light. He can change you. When you're depressed. Did you know that when you're depressed, God doesn't want you just to pat you on the back and say, cheer up. He wants to change you. In fact, he wants to use depression to help you learn how you can have a new attitude. You can have new thoughts. You can have new approaches, new choices. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 8, the darkness in our life disappears. Yes, it disappears. And the new light of life in Christ can shine in our hearts. As the worship team comes, this hit me last night. I was kind of having a night where I was kind of in and out. I was praying for the service today. And I was, the Lord was telling me that he was supernaturally bringing people today by divine appointment to have an encounter with God. Hey, seriously. Seriously. You know we've all had our appointment? How many say I've had my appointment with God? I remember when God just set things up in a certain way to where I had that opportunity to know Christ. And you know that may be yours today. Your, God may have this service specifically for you today. But I was praying about that last night and I, and, uh, I felt the Holy Spirit this actually just like happened to me and I grabbed my phone and tried to write it down but I couldn't see very good I'm over 50 I have to have my you know those what do you call those readers so I was just kind of hoping that spell check would get it somewhat close but I got up this morning and this is what I put on my phone don't tell the people don't be afraid to say I will rise I heard the Holy Spirit say, that is a word. Have you ever heard people say a rhema word? The word's quick and powerful and it's alive and it speaks to our hearts. But sometimes God can put a word, a prophetic word in a, somebody speaking. And I believe that's is a prophetic, a, a rhema. A rhema means a now word. If this is a word that it's almost like, it's like, Bob, this is for you. To where when I say this, it's like, when I say, don't be afraid to say, I will rise, if that's a word for you, it's like everything just went blank. 
and you just tuned in and you felt something say that's for me I want to say it again don't be afraid to say I will rise the dark days of disappointment are going to meet the light the dark days of distress are going to meet the light the dark days of depression are going to meet the light the dark days of doubt are going to meet the light dark days for those who sit in darkness you can say today meet the light those days are over they're coming to an end today (laughs) and I found this scripture this morning and this is talking about the enemy of your soul Satan who would like to keep you bound and keep you in that depression or that doubt or that distress distress or disappointment it says this do not gloat to gloat is to smirk or to smear or get this smug look on your face where you're cocky and you're excessively confident and you're haughty the Bible says don't you be that way don't you gloat over you over me my enemy I want you to get that don't you be smug with me don't you be cocky don't you think that I'm under your finger don't you sneer at me and and don't you look smug I'm telling you I'm rising out of this look at this though I have fallen everybody say I will rise say it again though I have fallen I will rise say it again though I have fallen I will rise though I sit in darkness anybody sitting in those dark days of darkness though I sit in darkness the Lord will be my light Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. I'll tell you what, I'm not staying here any longer. The Lord has come to walk me out. And here's what hit me last night when I was sleeping. First, it said that. Tell him, don't be afraid to say, I will rise. And then I got to thinking about this last night. I remember somebody else that told people that he was going to rise. <laughs> Glory to God. I remember somebody else that told the, the people he preached to, you know what, I'm going to be in the grave three days, but I'm going to rise. And they were like, <laughs> no way. He even told his disciples, and it's like they didn't even hear it. And they were freaked out when when he did raise from the dead. But brothers and sisters, Jesus said it's okay to say, I will rise. I want you to say that I will rise out of these dark days this year. That the light of the gospel and the glory of God has come unto you. And the Bible says that as Jesus was risen from the dead, that same power, come on. That same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead can quicken your mortal body, but you can be raised up in newness of life. How many is looking for something new? How many is looking for something fresh? 
How many of you want to turn the page on 2017 and open up 2018 and say it's going to be a glorious year? Amen, amen, amen. Come on, somebody praise Him today. Somebody praise Him today. Enemy, don't you gloat over me. Don't you say you got me. Don't you say I'm under your thumb. Don't you say I can never, it can never change. Don't you sneer. Don't you be smug with me. I will rise. I will rise. I will rise. I will rise. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, I was really nervous today. It feels good to blow the cobwebs out of the motor a little bit. Glory to God, this is my year. I will rise. I will rise. I will rise. I will rise. You know, I don't know about you. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. I don't know about you, but I sensed an anointing when that video went up about 21 days prayer and fasting. 21 days prayer and fasting. It can, you can either have a breakdown year or you can have a breakthrough year. It's your choice. How many want a breakthrough year? Amen? I'll tell you that, that preaching on there, the voice was some of our excerpts from last year. This year is going to be as much of a breakthrough and as good as a year of how we grow spiritually and how much we seize the moment spiritually. Guys, we're going to kick 2018 off. We've made over 300 books. We're going to pass them out on next week, maybe, or we may hold them. But the 31st, the 31st, it's New Year's Eve. Don't miss church because that is going to kick off a powerful message that's going to set your 2018 in gear. And if some of you say this, say, man, I'm watching football on Monday. Watch football Monday. Start your fast on Tuesday. But I want to get the material, and I want to get the challenge. I want to get the word of the Lord to you. And we're going to enter into a 21-day fast, and it is going to change and rock our world as we know it. Thank you, Lord. Today, we're going to have a prayer team come forward. In fact, some people that were even here from Spotlight, when I was going around, uh, a couple said unto me, can we receive prayer at your church? And I said, you betcha. You betcha. It'll be just a minute, but at the end, we're going to have like four people right up here, and they'll be facing out. That's our prayer team. They're trained. They're ready. They're ready for you. They're ready to pray for you. And they're going to be here. And then another thing that we do is we have communion every week. We felt the Lord telling us to do that. But we have the bread and the cup, and you'll see lines form and people go through. Communion is open to this person. If you receive Jesus Christ in your heart, you don't have to be a member of Church on the Rock, but you've received Jesus Christ in your heart, feel free to partake of communion. Our worship team's going to sing a song. This is a time, we're going to sing one song. This is a time where you come up for prayer. We need some more prayer team people up here. And this is the time to take communion, and then we're going to come back, and Spotlight has something really special to close this day. So sing with us. Sing with us.
and you can move for communion, you can move for prayer today.